Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Good morning. Well, there is something in the air today. Do you feel the excitement? I don't know what God has got planned for us, but I just, maybe it's just me. Maybe I woke up, I said, Christmas morning, kids. It's not really, but that's how I feel. It's just like the excitement is in the air and worship spectacular. My word, where did that You Are Good song come from? Shelly, that was like right from the gut. I was like, man. Ah, oh, and isn't he good? Can we have a clap for the Lord this morning? He is here. Oh, man. Well, we are on this series called Favor, and last week we talked about how do we have favor with God. We gave you the three keys to have favor with God. That is to be humble, to be submissive in spirit, and to really take his word seriously, the Bible seriously, trembles at his word. That was last week. This week, we are talking about having favor with our finances. And I think if there's any message that I get excited about preaching, it is talking about money. And you're like, what? Don't, don't you get nervous about talking about money in church? Everybody hold their wallets now. No, it's this because I think sometimes it is one of the maybe most misunderstood principles of giving. But can I tell you what? That Jesus spoke more about finances than he did any other topic. He did. I want to let you know that actually the 11 of the 39 parables about money were about money. The 11 of the 39, money and possessions. 15% of all that Jesus talked about was money and possessions, but it is more than any other topic that he talked about. He knew that there was this connection. Thank you, Peter, for sharing the great, well, he's off working with our kids ministry, but sharing that connection between our head and our heart. And I think that is what we struggle with is understanding that, that there is a connection. But if we gain the principle of what God has with regards to our finances, we can realize that, that it unlocks everything for us. It unlocks everything for us. And so today we're going to dig into this. One of the things, though, that I, I need you to understand is something that um, I knew early on. God had spoken to me when I was first encountered the Holy Spirit. A prophetic word was given over my life. And what was given that millions of dollars would flow through my life. And at the time, as a young man, I thought, wow, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a lot of money. Not understanding how God would use uh, our nonprofit, Global Benefit, how God would use um, our church, Grace Capital Church. And now it doesn't necessarily flow through me, but it flows through us that millions of dollars would flow through us. But at the same token, I started and I built a business and, and I built a very successful business that became a million-dollar business very quickly, but that has not to do with anything about me. I just realized that, that God had something in store for me to meet understanding and learning. But early on, I realized just as easy as it can come, it can also go just as easy. And what am I putting my trust in? Am I putting my trust in Jesus or am I putting trust in wealth? And this is why this became my theme verse, my life verse early on. It was from Habakkuk. It's, a, it's one of the prophetic books right at the end before the New Testament. My life verse was Habakkuk 3, 17 through 18. It says, though the... Fig tree should not blossom, 
nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and that there be no herd in the stalls. Sounds pretty bleak, doesn't it? But then this is where it goes. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. So here's what I needed to make sure it locked in my spirit, in my heart early on. That it doesn't matter how much you have or don't have. What matters is our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. And so as I talk about this topic of favor with finances, this is not a get-rich-quick message. This is not a, hey, how can the church get as much money from the people message? This is truly a message of what God wants to do in our lives, that we would be conduits of his grace. You see, it does take money to make impact in the world. It does. And God wants to use you and I to be conduits for that. You see, it is all about the flow of resources through us And how do we make sure the resources don't get stopped up? That's what we're going to unpack today. Because you know what? It's not for the show. Our resources are not for us to have the big house and the nice cars. By the way, there's nothing wrong with those. If you have a big house and a nice car and a big bank account, nothing wrong with that. But it's how are we using it? You see, it's not for show, but it's for the flow. If there's anything that we're going to understand today, that God wants to multiply resources in you, and I'm going to show you how. So here we go. I'm going to list some scriptures today, and I'm going to actually write some things down on this board because it's going to help us understand it. But grab your Bibles if you can. Open it up with me. We're going to start with our theme verse for today in Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Uh, I would really encourage you. I know we have electronic devices If you have a tangible Bible, bring it to church with you. You want to write in it. You want to underline it so you can reference back to this. Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 30. It will be on the screen, and you can follow along. Mark 10. And he was setting out on his journey, and a man ran up and knelt before him, him being Jesus, and asked him, Good teacher, What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Don't murder. Do not commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. That's lying. Do not defraud. Don't cheat. Honor your father and mother. These are good. And he said, Yes, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, interestingly enough, even though he said, these are all the things I'm doing, and Jesus knows what's in his heart, by the way, but he still loved him and had compassion on him. But here's the thing. He says, well, you lack one thing. These are Jesus' words. You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and he said to his disciples, How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. 
Now, I want to pause here and talk about the kingdom of God just for a brief moment. Kingdom of God does not refer to heaven. Kingdom of God is realizing that we live eternity today. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven is here and now. So he's saying, actually, he has a hard time understanding what's right before him. And he has a hard time living in the fullness that God has for him, even in this current age, in, the, in his current life. And the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, with, but with God, for all things are possible with God. Now, Peter began to say to him, Peter, one of his disciples, See, we have left everything to follow you. And Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left houses, brothers, or sisters, or mothers, or father, or children, or lands, for my sake, and for the gospel. It's important. For my sake, and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold. Can everybody say a hundredfold? Cannot receive a hundredfold. Now in this time, meaning in this life, houses, and brothers, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions. Oh, come on, Jesus. You had to say that one. I, I thought we were going on a good track here. Then all of a sudden, you have to throw in that word persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. So in this life, and to the life to come, I am going to increase how many? How many fold? A hundredfold. But then he says, many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. I love that he ends with that scripture because it helps put the right heart posture to the whole point of this. This is not about you and how much you can amass. This is not about, this is the best investment strategy that I can make a hundredfold on my money. Now, it's a great investment strategy, but it's not for you to amass anything. It's not for you to contain anything. It is for everything to flow through you. All right, so we're going to unpack this a little bit. So first of all, I'm going to build two columns here. I'm going to call this column show, and I'm going to call this column flow. All right, well, do you remember that there, Jesus had a story about a man who um, had an abundance of crop. He had an increase like never before, kind of like our apple season last year, which this year looks like it's not going to be a great apple season. But last year, we ha I have apple trees, the abundance of apples. I could not contain them. I was giving them away. Well, this, he tells a story of this guy who actually tore down his barns and he built bigger barns to contain all of these um, all of this grain. And then Jesus says, you are a fool because you don't realize that your life is going to be taken for you and you're not even going to be able to receive all of this extra grain that is in this barn. If you want to look up that scripture, that is Luke 12. 
That's Luke 12, 13 through 25. You might want to write some of this stuff down. Oops, I got some marks here. Luke 12, 13 through 25. That is the, the parable of the man who built bigger barns. And Jesus says, ah, why are you storing up for yourselves all of this grain? Because you don't know the signs of the times. Instead, we are told that we should actually be planting our seed. Let's give a nice little uh, plant over here. Planting our seed in the soil, but the, where we should be planting our seed, so where he is storing his seed, and he's saying, actually, um, Jesus is saying, you can't, shouldn't be doing that. He wants us to plant our seed because it has the potential for a hundredfold. It has a potential. You see, if you store a seed, it stops. It's dead right there, right? A stored seed, if you garden, seeds in a packet don't reproduce themselves, do they? It's not until they get planted do they begin to multiply themselves. How many gardeners are out there? Yet we've planted our seeds already and we're starting to see them start to germinate and come up. Well, next, we're realizing that, well, where should we be planting? We should be planting in kingdom places. Now, is he saying from that scripture that we should, that we were reading before, that, that the wealthy man, that he had to sell all his possessions, is that what you're telling us, Pastor Mark, right now, that we have to sell all of our possessions? No, because he was addressing something in his heart. He was realizing that that man was good at following through in the sense of the, the law and what was required of him. But Jesus still knew that the finances were a stumbling block for him and that he was amassing wealth and, and he could not let go of it and he could not have the flow of resources in his life. He was starting to store them. And the problem with storing our resources, it becomes dead. The multiplication. Now, you're saying, well, should we not have retirement accounts? I'm not saying that. I think it's important to invest for your future. But I'm also saying that once our needs are being met, we also need to be looking at the needs of others around us. And I'm not just saying wait until we're all set. We need to understand, and we'll walk this through. The flow needs to happen even before we're all set. Well, where do we give our money to? Well, we give our money to the local storehouse. The local storehouse is, biblically speaking, the church. That is a church. And what do we give our church? Somebody? A tithe. A tithe means 10. And some of you are like, see, here we go. He's after our money. Here we go. Yes, I want you to do what the Bible says. I'm not after your money. But I want you to have the prosperity of God in your life. I want you to have the favor in your finances. And the first place we start is we've got to give to the local star storehouse. You're saying, well, that is just an Old Testament principle. There's, there's, where is that in the New Testament? I'll tell you where it is in the New Testament. Jesus himself actually talks about this. He actually addresses the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were like upset with something. And Jesus says, you know, 
you, you tithe a tenth of your mint, your rue, all these little things. You're so specific about tithing, but you've forgotten to care for the poor. And he says, I want you to do the former, meaning I want you to tithe, but I also want you to care for the poor. Jesus himself in the New Testament, because I get this all the time. Ah, that's an Old Testament thing. In the New Testament, Jesus says, tithe. Tithe is this. You're giving 10% of your increase. Now, young people say, well, I don't have a job. Do you ever get Christmas money? Do you ever get birthday money? Well, I'm retired. I'm on a, I'm on a fixed income. Do you have an income? Yes, it's fixed, but you have an income. A tithe is on your increase. Anything that comes into your possession is an increase, and you should be tithing 10% of that. That might be news to some of you, but this is why I love to teach on this is because I want God's best for you. Well, here's the other thing though, is we can spend our money. So we have 90% to spend on ourselves or other places. But so let's say all of a sudden we start realizing, but man, I just got a raise and maybe I should keep some of this for myself and I'm going to get a new car but you have a car payment. That's a bill, if you're wondering. Sorry. Can you guys see over there, by the way? No, not really. Now you guys can't see. Maybe if I move back a little bit further. Those of you who are watching online right now, my apologies. All right. Um, I just had to do that for the online folks because they were feeling like they were being left out for a moment. All right. And so, you know, you've got a fancy little car, but that comes with a nice big payment and... There's your Flintstone car. And then, then you go, oh man, I just, I got a great raise, a new job. Maybe I just need a little bit of a bigger house, but that comes with a bigger mortgage payment. And, you know, this is great. But you realize that every single time that you spend money on these things, it will not produce a multiplication. It stops as you spend, as you go to your Dunkin' Donuts and get your big gulp coffee, uh, big gulp's not Dunkin' Donuts, you get your big frosty iced coffee, that dollar spent stops. Nothing wrong with it, but I'm just telling you what happens to your money. Dollar earned, dollar spent. It stops, has no more multiplication capability. It's dead, it stops. It just becomes a dead seed, like this barn all filled with these seeds. It stops. Well, so I've got my... I'm not going to pick on Dunkin' Donuts because some of you guys are Starbucks fans, but you got your DD over here. You go like, oh man, I just need, I just need those designer clothes, you know, the new style that just came out. But again, dead, dead. It's money in, it's money out, but it dies. We're saying to get the hundred percent multiplication, we want to start seeing that there's flow. And so after we plant into kingdom things, we invest 10% into our local church. Then we also say this. We want to live generously with each other. So it's not just your 10%. Where's a four-fingered man? Sorry about that. But anyways, we live generously with each other. And so that is a living a generous heart, which means this. What I have is not mine anyways. I'm actually a steward of God's resources. It doesn't belong to me. And if it doesn't belong to me, then I should have no problem sharing it with somebody else. 
So you're saying, okay, Mark, are, are you sure? Because I heard you have a few things in your barn, Mark. Are you willing to share those? I have to say, I am. Because it's not mine. Now, if you break it, you got to fix it. That's my only rule. <laughs> but here's the thing. Living a heart of generosity. How generous are you? Because you start living these ways. You start planting in kingdom stuff. You give to your local church. You start living a generous life. All of a sudden, you start seeing that there is a flow, but the direction of flow begins to start amassing on itself. Now, we haven't stopped yet. There's other places that we need to put our money that begin to multiply. These are going to be the four things for you to have favor in your finances. Invest in kingdom endeavors. Give 10% to your local church. Live a generous life. Share with what you have. And then lastly, I want you to give to the needs of the poor around you. Do you understand there is a scripture It says, when you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord. Really? That means I can call back that note at any point in time, Jesus? Yeah, when you're lending to the Lord, that means he owes you a debt. What a concept. Now, you don't hold it over Jesus' house like, come on, Jesus, you better pay up. I've been lending to the poor awfully, an awful lot. In case you're wondering, you want to get into that uh, scripture. Proverbs 19, 17 Living, oh, by the way, living a generous life. Let me write this down. Luke 6.38. I know all of you guys are going to want to know where Jesus said this in the New Testament about uh, the Jesus saying about to tithe. Luke 11.42. Okay. So here we go beginning to see a multiplication effect of what happens here. So as you begin to continue to give in these areas, you start seeing that money comes in, but money goes out, and it begins to keep amassing because you can't outgive God, as we know. So that means as we continue to have money flow out, more money is going to be coming to us. But it's not for us to contain it. It's not for us to contain it. But the interesting thing is, as this begins to amass, it's like a snowball effect takes place. It begins to accumulate, begins to accumulate. That's why you can't outgive God. You cannot outgive God because the more you give, the more increase comes into your life. And by the way, it's not starting today and saying, here's my bank account today. I'm going to be a high financier here and realize how am I going to get 100% return on my money. And so I'm going to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to test, right? We, we found that today in Malachi. It says, test me in this. I'm putting you to the test, Lord. I'm going to be checking my bank account to make sure I have 100 times more than I had when I started. You know, you're doing it for the wrong reason. You don't also understand how God begins to provide for you. So when that verse that we were talking about when we started off in Mark, how he says he's going to give you more brothers and sisters and more houses, I think when those disciples chose to leave their family and follow Jesus and leave their homes, 
The multiplication of homes and family members is you realize that we are part of a much bigger family and we realize we have brothers and sisters all over the place. In the homes that we have more homes, meaning is, you know what? Now we can go to anybody's home and they have the right heart attitude say, mi casa es su casa. All of a sudden you have another home with all the benefits of you come over to my house. Hey, whatever you see in the fridge, grab whatever you have in the fridge. Mi casa su casa. And all of a sudden you're realizing this is a different way of living. This is so different than the world's way where it's mine is mine. I better store up on it and I better get a little bit bigger and I better amass more stuff because I've got to look after me. But then you're finding it's, it just becomes seed stored away and it becomes dead and there's no multiplication. And every, much, every time that we're thinking like, well, somehow I've got to look for after me, you realize that all you're doing is, is you've got this big container down here of a bunch of seeds, but it's dead. That's great. You've amassed stuff. It's great. You've got a big bank account. It's great retirement, but it's dead. It, it can't multiply. So what we need to begin to do is shift into our areas of understanding this multiplication principle. A hundredfold. One hundredfold. There's another scripture that says this. Where your treasure is, is where your heart will be also. I don't know. Bring me back to my early days when I had a girlfriend. I would make a little heart. I'd put my initials in the heart. But where your heart is or where your treasure is, is your heart will be there also. So here's a really easy way to say, where is your heart? What do you spend time focusing on? By the way, I continue to need to grow in these areas. For some reason at a young, young age, I was able to, I just knew tithing. Every time I just was brought up with that principle, that was never an issue for me. Although about four years ago, I was challenged on it because I don't even think about it anymore. So God says, will you grow in this area? So four years ago, maybe three years ago, my wife and I decided, you know what? Every year we're going to up one percentage. So it must be this year is 13%. So every year, I don't know what it's going to be when I'm 60 years old. It's going to be a lot. But I truly believe if I understand the way that God works is that I can't outgive God. But I can't just make that big jump today and just say, I'm going to give 50% away today. Maybe some of you can. I'm not quite there yet. I'm not quite mature enough yet to be able just to make that leap. And so I got to grow in it. Generosity. I've realized that um, I'm good with people who I feel like genuinely need it. Like if I go to a third world country, it's like I can just be generous. But I struggle a little bit with the poor in our own communities because sometimes I just start making judgments. And that's wrong. That's wrong. And so, but how do I keep a heart that's open to live generously? It's not always about giving stuff. It could easily be about just giving my time. I had the opportunity to spend the afternoon yesterday. It was inconvenient for me, but what a blessing for me. I've been mentoring a boy at the Laconia Middle School, but since I shifted down here, um, I haven't been able to spend as much time with him up in Laconia. But I brought him over to my house for the first time yesterday and just have him help me with some projects around the house. And uh, 
you know, I went to his house to pick him up, and I just realized, wow, they do not, they do not live the way I live. I mean, the income level is definitely lower, and you look inside the house, and you can tell. And But then all of a sudden, God just started warming up my, hand, my heart and just realizing, you know, he just wants time. He wants time with somebody, and I was like, I can give him that. So generous with my time. The poor, you know, and, and so this is just be generous with people as well in general. You know, part of the culture that we're trying to create even in our staff, because it starts by leadership first, and then it goes, trickles down to all of us. It's like we just want our staff to be so generous with each other. But not only with each other, that I hope it trickles down into our communities in every single one of our locations. In Manchester, in, in Laconia, in Pittsfield. That we become a family that just loves to bless the socks off of people. Like today, I'm sure some of you guys, yeah, what's the value of a car wash? You can go down the street and get a car wash for seven bucks. But some of you are going to throw a 20 in because you just are so grateful for the fact that you get to be a part of putting seed into kingdom stuff, and there's going to be a multiplication for it. There's going to be a multiplication for it. So where's your heart? Where is your heart? Because where your treasure is, is where your heart's going to be, and Jesus always wants to go after our heart. He always wants to go after our heart. I want to read this scripture for you. Matthew 6 it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Treasures on earth, treasures in heaven. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There your heart will be also. I am so passionate about this subject. Why? Because if we can begin to unlock this in our own life, the four principles are invest in kingdom stuff, give 10% to your local church, be, have a heart of generosity, a spirit of generosity, and give to the poor. You'll realize that you cannot outgive God, and that resources, you, it's just, they will be there. But it's not just for you to hold it. We were never meant to contain it all. You see, when we said that, that scripture where it's given it will be given, a good measure pressed down and overflowing, given it will be given. See, it's a principle of giving. Where you plant your seed and how you plant your seed is because the, the multiplication. Well, it, the reason why you can't contain it because it's never meant to contain you see, we get here and we try to put all these little containers around our, our dead seed. But he's saying, no, 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 no. I'll fill your cup, but don't worry about that. But the part that I want is, I want all this overflow. Because in that overflow continues to be the flow. See, it's not for show, but it's for flow. Let God pour into you and so you can be generous with others. 
that money would just continue to, money, time, resources, your possessions, just flow right out of you. Just flow right out of you. Can we all just do this as Richie and the team comes up? Can we posture our hands in an open way? Posture our hands in an open way. And you can just whisper with me and just kind of repeat these words. Dear Jesus, everything I have is yours. Help me to be generous. Help me to live a new way. Let me not hold on, but let me freely give. So Lord, I just thank you so much for your word that begins to unpack a kingdom way of living. That God, your favor in our finances really has to do with the flow of resources through us. God, I pray that there is no condemnation on anybody in this room, whether they have given or not given. That there would be no guilt, Father, whatsoever, but they would have a heart to begin to say, God, I want to begin to live this way. God, I also pray that nobody would hear this. If people have big houses and fancy cars and big bank accounts, that's okay. Because I know you have different calls on each person's life. But Lord, for those who have that situation, that they would continue to live generously. That they would continue to have this flow of resource that goes through them. God, we are so excited for this season that you have for us as a church that you are preparing us for a new season and for a new day. Father, I'm thinking of the word that you gave us already earlier this year, that this would be the year of your favor, the year of jubilee. And so God, I pray that we would just realize that you want to, to pour an abundance in our life, not for us to store it or contain it, but so it can flow over in our life and touch other people for you and your kingdom. God, I pray that you just bless our, our Honduras missions team as they're out there washing cars. We just thank you for their heart to go bring Jesus to other parts of the world. We thank you for our kids workers who are off there investing into our young people's lives. We thank you for all those who serve today in our greeting, in our ushering, in our cafe. Father, I just thank you for this, what you're doing in this family, this church family. That, God, we would not contain your joy, that we would not contain your favor, but we would spill out into the community, into our workplaces around. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 